Hello and welcome to Strictly Game Boy, the podcast where we always play it loud. I'm your host, Clay Howard, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Hour. Hello, Brian. That's my name. That's your name and this is mine. <laughs> How are you, good How are sir? You? Oh, I'm just just wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm barely awake today, though. But. Yeah, we're gonna have to really ramp up the energy to make this just just the best darn episode ever, you know. <clears throat> Wimmy so, wham wham wazzle. Sounds like you had a little crazy night, Mister uh, Mister Go Getter. So uh, I'm yeah. really really gonna have to bring my A game to keep it <laughs> keep it light, keep it fluffy, and keep it fun. Just just toss some water in my face from time to time. I wish I had a spray bottle. I'll be good. A, I could just be there and just spray in the face. <laughs> spray Down bottle, mini portal gun. Yeah, portal gun too <laughs> would be nice. All right. Well, guys, we have once again a great episode for you. Um, keeping with the theme from last week's episode, we decided why not? We're just going to make a whole month of it, and we are going to be uh, taking a look at some uh, licensed games for the month of July. So maybe next July we'll do the same thing again. Um, okay. We like to act like we, we totally thought this through and, and made this like a, a structured thing, but you know, that's probably not true. So no, take that for what it is. You know, we're just those kinds of people, you know, uh, it gives us a chance to talk about some of the, uh, uh, developer, uh, license hoarders. Yes. The people so that, that made all these old bad games. Yeah. So before I, I introduce this week's episode, uh, I'm going to give Brian an opportunity to quote a line from the movie before we before I, I say what game we're, we're taking a look at today. Brian, take it away. Uh, there it is. This week... <laughs> there it is. Those are the three words he said. Okay. Uh, this week, we are taking a look at Jurassic Park. Let's go. All right. So awesome. Thank you, John Williams, for, for, for play, uh, agreeing to be on our show to play that lovely intro. Um, yeah, just I really, can't believe they got him for the Game Boy game. I know, it just really came across, you mm-hmm. know, it, it sounded exactly like the movie. So, um, just magical. I felt like I was there. Um, yes, guys, so this week, uh, since we're, we're kind of sticking with the 80s, 90s, uh, big pop culture hit movies, why not go from Ghostbusters straight into some Jurassic Park? So, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start talking about that. Uh, hit some of the details about what this game is, and then we'll we'll jump into the game itself. Brian, you want to start us off? Tell the folks some things about this game. Well, it was developed by Ocean Software, uh, a name I know only from uh, movie tie-in games. Pretty much, I don't think I don't think I, I played another game of theirs that was original in any way. Um, I know they they used to, but. Right. They, yeah, they really quickly got into the the licensing. Uh, yeah, I, my head always my head always goes to Batman nineteen eighty nine is usually the one I think of for the NES. Did they make that? Yep. 
thought that was yeah. a Sunsoft game. Uh, no, there's... Oh, wait. They made the... They made an animated series game, I think. They've made... Okay, so maybe I'm confusing this. They've made three Batman games. Uh, okay. But I don't know if any of them are for the NES, so maybe I'm thinking of what you just said. All right, never mind. Don't listen to me. That's a different <laughs> game, apparently. Um, um, did you did you find the uh, release date for this? I did not, but I can look real quick and see what I can okay. find. I mean, and, uh, and while he's looking, why don't you uh, focus on me over here uh, with the pretty hair? Uh, this game, as I tell you, this game is a port. Um, all of the games, kind of the Jurassic Park games that Ocean made, basically follow this this structure, I guess. Yeah. Um, which we will we'll get into the structure of the levels later, but um, Clay, uh, I'm I'm getting a message from the Beyond telling me that you found the release date. Well, good. Um, John Williams' corpse communicated with you that I had found the release date. So now I'm um, sad. <laughs> why are you sad? Did he die? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. That's the joke. I don't know. Oh. I'm just hoping that I got somebody who was listening, but I didn't expect it to be you. This um, is like the beginning of uh, uh, The Exorcist, isn't it? By the end, I'm going to be in there like burning you with holy water. I don't understand that reference because I've never seen that movie. So, uh, sure, it's just movie. like that. Yeah. So, as Brian mentioned, there's an NES version, which was released July of 1993. The Game Boy version oh. was originally scheduled for release as well in July of 1993, but was not released until August of 1993. So, a whole mm. month later. Wow. And that is an eternity Yeah, movie that's, time. That's a long time. It's um, okay. I'm sure Jurassic Park was still number one at the box office during for that whole month. Do you know when it the movie release? I'm pretty sure like July of of uh it was it was in the summer, I think. June of, 11th. of 93. June 11th, 1993. Okay, so, so shortly after June, yep, June 11th. Okay. So so you were you were there. Um Okay, so these games came out not long after. So we immediately always assume that if it came out shortly, you know, following a movie, that it's a rush job and probably not that good of a game. So. Right. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, well, it sounds like they were trying to get these out at the same time, and for whatever reason, Game Boy got pushed back a month. Yeah. So I'm not sure why. I mean, it's just the exact same game, just easier to make. Right. Yeah. I assume. You would think that with how long it takes to get something printed and on a cart that it would be longer than a month, but maybe they just got it to print a month after they got the other one. I don't know. I yeah. Guess. But they just needed that one extra month to really shine her up before they sent her out. So Brian, do you want to tell us some trivia behind the scenes? Of yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go about 10, 10 years earlier. Uh, Ocean started out in like 83, but back then they were called Spectrum Software, which uh, 
they they mostly just made arcade ports. So uh, I they may have had some of their own games that they came up with eventually, but it seems like they've just been kind of looking for the quick buck all this time. Right. Um now if if you know anything about the uh the British PC market, you might think, "Huh, Spectrum software." That sounds a lot like the ZX Spectrum. Yep. Um and they thought of this too because uh they, you know, they were a British company and that kind of led to some brand confusion. So they rebranded to Ocean. Uh I mean, I think it was a great idea, but I can see why they changed. Yeah, there's something about British studios always coming up. Their first names for their studios always kind of suck, and then they end up yeah. changing them. Like Rare, Rare comes to mind, too. Their Ultimate first play the game. Yeah, what a bad name. But yeah, I could see how maybe people would see the word Spectrum and think, oh, they, these guys must be you know first party legit, and maybe... The people yeah. that made the, the ZX were like, yo, maybe, could you please change your name? Because you're confusing people. But like, uh, Okay, okay, I see. Like, I could see why they did it, but I could see also why for Ocean, like, it was a good call. Because it made them look right. that much. It's like putting the word Ivy in Ivy Tech for a community college. You know, <laughs> just because it has the word Ivy in it, it sounds really fancy. <laughs> even if it isn't. Fair enough. So... Uh, that's that's not a bad one no way to compare it <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, um all right so that's kind of how they started it's interesting yeah. they rebranded thankfully uh yeah after that they were basically uh publishing uh they uh, acquired what was it uh, imagine which is another british developer that went out of business um, they also landed some deals with Konami to publish arcade games on PCs, I'm assuming in, in the UK. And this is what led to them just to become a license house. Okay. Um, when you think of Ocean, you think of licensed titles usually. So that's totally. like basically their, their lasting legacy. Mm. Yep. That's, I mean, are they still a thing or did they finally they uh, went de- they went defunct in 98 there or renamed i guess yeah uh, uh they they got absorbed into the greater infograms world um i don't know if they kept their they, they just became a part of the atari machine okay interesting uh we're talking about like old pup uh not publisher developer like studio names it's funny yeah. they're all really simple like imagine is just like one word so like back in the day there was pretty much like free reign on like oh what do you want to name your studio it can be one word but nowadays like little indie developers are coming up with like really weird and like multi-word studio names yeah so it's funny back in the day they're like either really simple or just kind of basic and nowadays they're like way more complex and developed it's kind of funny yeah, I wonder like, if they just have to because all the dumb one-word names got taken a long time ago. Exactly. Well, they're, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, let's be really witty about this." But, um, well, Ocean, we appreciate everything you've done, even though we're not from the UK and we probably missed out on a lot of their earlier titles. But they yeah. still made some some good NES and 
SNES as far as I remember. So, um, that being said, real quickly, we can hit on our history with the game. I'll go oh, first yeah. and then you can go if you don't mind. Is that okay? Oh yeah. 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 Go for it. All right. Cause mine's not going to take too long. Um, I've played some Jurassic Park games. I don't think I ever played it on the Game Boy. Um, I might have played it on the SNES. I don't think I played it on the NES. Um, So, for whatever reason, I'm not sure I ever played this on the Game Boy. The end. Yep, that is my story too. I I rented... uh, uh, Rented this game probably for the... I think the SNES as well. did not have a good time and took it back and probably never played it again. Uh, but I never played the Game Boy version until this this day. Solid. Yeah. So yeah. We, I don't know how we landed on this game. I don't know if you remember, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you're just scrolling. We're like, oh, Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, well, we, we, we pitched a different game. That we had to set back a week, but that game was also a licensed tie-in. So I think we were just right. like, "Well, why don't we just find another licensed game? We'll just make a licensed month out of it." And yeah, um, you know, you're gonna we we basically did a game based on one of the most successful movie franchises of the '80s. Why don't we do one about the most successful movie franchise of the '90s? Yeah, or like we were in the G's for Ghostbusters. And then we scrolled down a little bit to hit the J's and we're like, yeah, just stop stop there, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm tired. I can only scroll a little bit. My fingers hurt. Um, Yeah. So this is, this is pretty new to us. So going into this, I was a little confused and leaning on Brian for some, for some help because we kind of had to work together more or less to figure some of this out so yeah it, it's not very forthcoming and and it's details and yeah and I'm it's, not, it says there's things to help you but i didn't find those things to be of any help <laughs> yeah and i know like back in the day with nes and game boy like you had to learn to find your way you know they don't hold your hand but yeah even yeah. though i play i played those games back in the day i still i like to my hand to be held at least a little bit and so uh, I don't know. Maybe people say that I'm not ready for these kinds of games then. But <laughs> regardless, I think that we both went into this completely uh, oblivious uh, as far as what to expect and uh, zero nostalgia, really, and just um, open eyes, ready to give it our, our open, honest thoughts. So you can at least look forward to that. So since uh, Ocean is you know, has more history in the UK than they do over here, um, being a UK studio, uh, we figured we'd uh, ask one of our uh, counterparts from that side of the ocean, uh, Atlantic Ocean, you know how it is, um, and see what they had to say. Uh, We figured maybe one of them would have a little bit more of a history with with that studio. So uh, Gary uh, was kind enough to uh, put his thoughts down, and he had something to say, so uh, why don't we toss it over to Gary. Hey everyone, it's Gary here, and if we rewind a good couple of years back to when I was just a little boy, 
I got given a Game Boy as a Christmas gift, and this would pave my love for Nintendo for many years to come. Uh, with it, I got Tetris and Mario, but around a year later, I believe, I got Parasol Stars and Jurassic Park. Now, Jurassic Park and Parasol Stars were both made by the same developer, Ocean, and maybe it's just because I only had the four games, but I really liked both of those games. Jurassic Park was really hard, though, for, a, for such a young boy, and uh, I still played it and played it and played it. just could never get past the T-Rex. I always tried to take him on. Turns out you didn't really need to do that. But let's not talk about how brainy I was as a young child. Parasol Stars, on the other hand, I actually completed that. And I don't know how I managed to because I struggle with it now, but I did. And there's just something about it. Now, I did play Rainbow Island before it because I had a Master System and a Commodore 64. And I believe it was on one of those two. I think the Commodore 64, maybe. I'm not going to double check myself. I'm just going to keep rolling. And... Yeah, Parasol Stars was kind of kind of Rainbow Island and Bubble Bobble mixed. A really fun sort of puzzle game, you know, with combat elements and, and all sorts of power-ups and things like that. And yeah, both of these games just had so much polish and, and was so good. And they were so different as well. And so, really, I have some fond memories of the Ocean Games. And uh, one day I hope to go back and beat Jurassic Park, but... I'm not going to put any money down on that. Well, I'm going to hand you back over to Claire and Brian. Thanks, Gary. That was really insightful, I would say. Wouldn't you, Brian? Yeah, you know. No, no, it was cute. Um, You know, (laughs) it it, it has a lot to do with, well, you know, like, don't you love those games that you only, you know, that you only played because it was all you had? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, thank you. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, I think that's a good perspective to have, especially since neither of us really, uh, had this game, uh, as a kid. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good to get another side of it. Hopefully we don't walk all over his beloved game and, uh, hopefully we're, we're fair and insightful. I would say, would, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so too, especially because, you know, he didn't really say too much about, uh, what we're probably about to say about the game itself. So, yeah. um, you know, he just had his, his nice little thoughts about his childhood thoughts, uh, his nostalgia, if you will, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. So thanks Gary. Yeah. Well with that guys, I think we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we get back, uh, we will, uh, we will jump deep into this game. So stay tuned. And now it's time for real or fake. The point in the show where one host tries to stump the other by describing a Game Boy game that is real or fake. All right, so we're coming back in with uh, real or fake. As I just said, the part of the show where one host tries to stump the. I love it you when know, you repeat I'm just, things. I'm just, it's always... I'm just, I'm just stabbing at uh, you know some sort of segue that already happened. I guess. So. Awesome. So, so Clay, uh, this week it's my turn. All right. Uh, hopefully I can finally get my first win in here. Um, we'll see. All right. So, uh, this week's, uh, game or whatever, uh, is, is the Berenstein Bears camping adventure. (laughs) Oh man. Well, 
the little knowledge I have about the Berenstein Bears, um, Stain. Stain, uh, is there is a Game Boy game for uh, based on that series. Um, because I remember we were looking through games, and I think that was one of them. But it was called like Extreme Sports or something, and it was really lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember a camping game. Uh, who developed this game? Uh, the developer was Real Time Associates. Oh, what a riveting uh, name! Uh, question two: What what kind of gameplay could you expect for from this game? So it stars brother and sister. Uh, they're at summer camp. Uh, none of the other parents, you know, well, the others being the parents, uh, show up in this. Okay. So it's it's just brother and sister. Is that all you can give me? There's two characters um, from the books that are in the game. When when I did my research for this, I had much more information to glean, but uh, don't have it now. now. I, I I I did all that on my phone, and I didn't send any of it to my my laptop. So what uh, does the cover art yeah. of the game look like? The cover art of the game is them standing on like this plateau, which has a river running off of it. Um, and then there's like mountains in the background, uh, and it's just brother and sister standing next to the title of the game. Well, I've heard all I need to hear to, to make my decision. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is not a real Game Boy game. This is fake. Okay. All right. Um, you are correct. Yes. This is fake. (laughs) This is a, uh, Sega Game Gear game. Wow. Okay. Yes, uh, Real Time Associates did a lot of work for Sega. Uh, this was not only a, a Game Gear game, but a Genesis game. Huh. Um, uh, it was one player on the Game Gear and one to two player on the Genesis. Interesting. Well, I applaud you um, for trying to find a real game that actually existed. That helps. Yeah, um, I hate myself for losing <laughs> my only point. That I've ever gotten. Yeah. Bernstein yeah. Bears. Yeah, so so technically uh uh we both know about a alternate reality uh that doesn't exist in this reality. So uh you know, mandala effect for the win, I guess. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you will get me next time. Um, yeah, maybe I'll uh, I'll also be better about not screwing up uh, my audio. So, <laughs> hooray! <laughs> awesome. Well, getting back to Jurassic Park, it's time to talk about the story. Brian, yeah, do you want to tell tell the listeners about the story of this game? Um, well, the well, first off, have have you seen Jurassic Park? Have you? Who played? me? Yeah. How dare you ask such a thing? Of course I have. Of course you have. Then you know the story of this game. Oh, great! <laughs> it's 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 kind of the same thing. I mean, uh. I mean, Dr. Grant isn't in a Jeep when the 
gates to Jurassic Park open, but from then on, it's basically just him and the kids. He he ends up saving, uh, you know, the first level, it's about saving Sam. The second level, it's about saving Lex, just like in the movie. Um, Dr. Grant turns the power on instead of uh, Ian Malcolm, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, um, or his wife's character in the movie. Um, but yeah, you turn the power on, uh, you, I think about the only level that doesn't really make sense for the movie, uh, is the traversing the raptor nest. Right. Um, and then, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the levels is, uh, getting to the docks, which is something they were trying to do. At least, uh, Newman was trying to do that. Yes. Uh, um, but uh, in the book, I think they they ended up trying to get to the docks and calling the coast guard or something like that. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much the the same as the movie. Save the kids, save the world, sort of thing. Yeah. So I mean, short of the giant bazooka machine gun, everything, and you know, Grant running yeah. around murdering animals or dinosaurs. It's it's pretty much, you know, cut from the same. The original. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, as as far as movie tie-ins go, that's usually the case. So take it for what it's worth. Um, yeah. Moving forward, we have uh, kind of explaining the gameplay and levels. Uh, basically, the gameplay itself consists of a couple different things, uh, but really every level is basically the same. Uh, you have to collect dinosaur eggs to unlock doors that lead to more dinosaur eggs. That lead to computers. Not very good computers, if you ask me. Uh, the computers... No, not at all. They're pretty bad. And they're not on a network, because some computers still don't do anything, and then some computers are like, hey, cool, we're doing stuff now. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, the computers themselves usually unlock a door that leads to a boss room of sorts, where you either fight or avoid dinosaur death, I guess. Um, yeah, usually avoid. Um, usually easier. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Usually, I mean, like, uh, the first level is you avoid a bunch of triceratops. Uh, the second level is a little bit more in-depth. Uh, you uh, shoot at a T-Rex to make it go away, but you don't actually, like, defeat it. You just do that to, like, yeah, like, just kind of piss it off and make it go away uh i think gary said in his video he's like i tried to beat him uh like maybe someday i'll get past that level but i tried to you know beat him and that's not the objective of that level right that's funny <laughs> yeah uh it, as far as that boss fight goes you you need to tell like uh you remember in the movie uh dr grant says their motion is their their sight is based on motion so so the, the sprite of Lex will stand still while you shoot it and make it go away, and then Lex will start moving again. And you have to move her all the way to the end, which is unbelievably awful. Yeah. So awful. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I When I first started playing, like, even the first level... I was like, okay, you're a guy with a with a cat with a hat on, and you got a big gun, and there's anim there's dinosaurs everywhere. Okay, I'll shoot them and kill them, and we'll 
you know, figure out where we need to go. And then I'm like, oh, exactly. oh okay, there's uh, clearly dinosaur eggs everywhere with the little counter at the bottom. Okay, find all the eggs, beat the level, move on to level yeah. two. Easy enough. Yeah, find all the Metroids and, and you're good. Yeah, and then unfortunately that's not the case. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, once you do that, it, it leads to going inside buildings. Uh, yeah, it drops a sort of like arrow square when you get the last one. Right. Which I think is supposed to be the representation of a key card. Correct. But who who knows? Uh, I, I, right. You know, and so it, the arrow was pointing up, so I thought maybe I had to go up, but then I couldn't go up anymore, so... Ugh, cool. And so uh, pretty much at that point, I was stuck and didn't know what to do, and I felt really stupid. And it wasn't until Brian kind of worked with it that he was able to be like, no, what you picked up is a key card. You go into this building, collect eggs, and then anyway. And so I think I actually made my way into the building uh, with on my own. But then once I got in there, I didn't realize that there was more building to explore. I just assumed you could go left or right because I could see at the bottom of the screen – a wall and I was like oh well that means there's nowhere to go yes. down and so the buildings aren't very big from the outside so I was like well clearly this is a small building and there's two rooms and then Brian's like well you got to get on the computer and I'm like there's no computer in this thing and so <laughs> it was at that point I realized oh actually if you walk down uh, the camera moves eventually and you see more wall and or doorways and yeah that's that's the problem is that that like the uh think of it as a as a as a building with a uh, with no ceiling but the the walls the partitions are still there and so like if you walk down a little bit as opposed to just left and right eventually like the door frame will come into view and you're like oh i can actually go through this door this is kind of dumb and so i found myself like even like later into the game um going into these buildings and going there's nowhere to go oh oh yeah that's right i can walk down and yep. and maybe find a doorway Poke- pokemon did such a better job with that than this oh yeah did. i don't know oh yeah if it's too zoomed in or not enough zoomed in seeing the wall at the bottom th- threw me off i don't know so that just kind of you know and sometimes sometimes there are dinosaurs that that like they'll pop up and if you are a certain amount of pixels of them being out of the frame they're gone again but then if you you walk to the other side of the building to try and find another egg and then you can't say you can't find the last egg and you come back through that room again they pop up so like if you if you walk far enough like just just far enough away they'll they'll disappear again and like it's it's not predictable it's kind of weird yeah um so yeah the gameplay overall i wish it was a little either more linear or a little more handholdy with with what you're supposed to do because half the time i was just not sure what was happening and uh, i'd rather just be told or um, or just it be a little bit easier. I, I'm all for, I get they were trying to make it more uh, immersive and uh, there's different things you need to do. Because in the movie, it's not just like escape. There's computers and locks and things. And so they're trying to kind of add these puzzle exploration things. Um, and I just, I don't know, it, it just wasn't really clicking with me. I wasn't thinking yeah. the way that they wanted me to think. I just wanted to go shoot dinosaurs and... Uh, and try to like make it from one side of the map to the other or whatever, and that's just not what they want from you. No, but that that's admirable though. That, that, that's what 
we all should want in our life. So exactly. No, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. So Brian, give us a rundown of these levels because I think you made it further than I did. So, 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 um, level one, you were trying to open the main gates. You actually start by, you know, remember when they're going through the uh, when they're on the track in the jeeps and right. And and there's flames on either side, and the doors open crazily, and you know that's basically what you're trying to do. You're trying to open the main gates. Uh, you collect eggs, like we said. Once you collect eggs, you go into two different buildings and collect more eggs, but only one of the buildings has a working computer. It's really dumb. Um, once you make through that gate, you save Tim from a bunch of triceratops. They're stampeding. Oh, that part and sucks. And it's it's really awful. <laughs> and I I managed to get through with a sliver of health, and I don't even know how I made it through. Yeah. Um, level two, uh, same thing happens. Only this time, after you get done with that, uh, you are treated to a rafting stage where there are like brontosaurus heads that pop up out of the water. Uh, they don't want to eat you, but apparently that still hurts you. Naturally, which is weird, right? You know, and there's still there's still eggs to find in the water, <laughs> and so you kind of you raft around and find all the eggs, and then you're led to that uh, that that leads to the Lex and T Rex stage that I talked about earlier, where you have to uh, fend the T Rex off and then. Uh, get Lex to follow you, and and this is quite possibly one of the most annoying things I have found in this game is that uh, I did not have enough ammo going into this fight mm. to make it through it. Um, it takes about fourteen normal bullets to make the T Rex go away, and I had like seventy something. Um, and then also, uh, if if Lex doesn't, if Lex gets stuck on a rock, which can happen. Um, you have to fight the T-Rex an extra one or two or three more times. So that cuts down on the amount of bullets or, you know, adds to the amount of bullets that you'll need to, to make the T-Rex go away. And then I had some extra other weird ammo when I ran out of that, that, uh, was more powerful. And that takes like two ammo to make the T-Rex go away, but it still wasn't enough. And, uh, somehow... Uh, it just, oh man, I can't believe I even made it through that part. Um, level three puts you in a jungle. Uh, the jungle is even more annoying than the, the rest of the normal levels because, um, there's like, it, it's all covered by trees, but then there are like hidden paths within the trees that, um, once you collect all the eggs, you go inside of, uh, a compound or a room that has, nothing but raptors everywhere and then 10 computers that need to be activated in a certain order and i i think i feel like i activated all nine of them before i got to the first one and it was like yay you found the first one and i was like oh great so now i have to go back through the rest of the nine to find the second one and then go through the rest of the eight to find the third one and keep going like that and I think I got to the fourth one before finally I just ran into so many raptors that it just ruined me and it started me back at the beginning of that annoying jungle level that I was just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I can't you. do this anymore. Oh, that's so bad. I just can't do this anymore. 
So uh, level four, I know, is is the raptor nest. Right. Level five and six. I'm I'm very sorry. It's it's very it's very poor of me to to not know, but I don't know how this game actually ends. Um, so take my word for the first half on it. Uh, this game is 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 quite strange. I, I can see how you might love it if you've only played the first two levels and it was the fourth game you ever got for the Game Boy. Sorry, Gary. Um, I respect you a lot, uh, but I totally understand how you might feel that way when you're a kid because I felt that way about a certain amount of games. But, yeah, I don't have much to say about level five and six. I just don't know. Yeah, we're, we're not professional gamers, guys. We're doing the best we yeah, can, no. so get off our back. We, we just like things. Yeah, we just try to enjoy things and critique them. Yeah, uh, as much. And as you we can. should too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just enjoy life. It's a good way to and live. Games. Yeah. Uh, Clay, do you do you do you want to say anything about the visuals? Sure, sure, sure. Um, honestly, it's it it it's a good looking game. Uh, things are easy to distinguish. It's it's not difficult to see what's going on on the screen. Um, Similar to Ghostbusters, I think they they shied away from throwing large amounts of detail or shading in so that you can tell what's going on. I think the dinosaurs look good. I think the main character's sprite work looks fine. I think the children look awful. They look really weird. Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, which is usually how these things go with like games like this. Is the main character and the the enemies that are around a lot. You see them; they look good, and then the like characters that get used once or twice just never look as good. <laughs> I think the uh, <laughs> the big dinosaurs, like the the T Rex and the Triceratops and stuff. Obviously, they're bigger, so they have a lot more sprites they can use with them. But uh, I really like those. I actually thought those were really cool looking, and I uh, thought they they did good work on those. So. Uh, really liked that. Um, some of the stuff you picked up was just kind of vaguely things. Like uh, every time yeah. you kill a dinosaur, you get ammo. Uh, in the Game Boy version, it's just like a circle. And you're like, uh, it, it That bounces. Right. Which the bounce is kind of neat, but. Yeah, but like it doesn't really tell you. I, I mean, I guess every time you kill a dinosaur, you get generic ammo. But occasionally there is another form of ammo, right. which. Uh, later in the game, it it becomes this like this spiraling, um, swirling. Like there's like three. Yeah. yeah. Like it's almost a spread shot that instead of spreading, so not a spread shot. But <laughs> stick with me here. Um, that that spirals instead of spreading, which um, you know, is is a cool power up. But I I don't know what each one is just by looking at it. Um. Special ammo, I think, all looks the same, or if it is different in any way, I couldn't tell. Right, and I noticed in the uh, NES version, the ammo sprite is definitely um, different, and so I don't know yeah. what it was they had to, you know, change um, to, so that it would work. I don't know. It's just it was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I could have dealt yeah. with a little more detail there, but I guess you literally see it coming out of your bazooka shotgun gun, and uh, so I guess it makes sense that it's it's just kind of it's ammo. That's what it is. Um, yeah, that and that that shotgun, by the way, is just is so weird because um, 
you know, it, there isn't consistent sprite work in this game. Where so if you're like turning a different direction, it it's either under his right arm or his left arm, depending on which you know which way the sprite was drawn or looks. Um, yeah, that is weird. Like when you go diagonally upper right. All of a sudden, the gun switches to your left arm instead of your right. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. I assume they just flipped the sprite um, mm-hmm. f- for one side yeah. or whatever, and so that's what it does. But uh, I didn't notice that until you pointed it out, but you're totally right. It definitely does that, So, for what it's worth. Um, other than that, there's a uh, little like full-screen artwork. Uh, like After you beat the first level, there's like... Uh, higher definition like triceratops art that shows for a second so there's some cool little things they threw in here and there just to add some additional i don't know story or details or whatever Um, you know the game boy was still like well i don't know maybe four years old at this point so maybe that's not a good excuse for it (laughs) but like people were still trying things and they're like well what can we get away with right maybe maybe a little bit of a higher resolution pixel art (laughs) who knows yeah um, I think that's it for me visually. Was there anything you wanted to, to mention? I mean, other than uh, I thought that the hero of this game was the the Australian raptor guy. Yeah, you know, shooter <laughs> at the very beginning because he's the only one I've ever seen with like a, a shotgun in this movie, and it felt like our weapon looked like a shotgun. So for a little while, I thought that it was him, but uh, quickly you know realize that it was dr grant because he also wore a hat in the movie and i forgot about that so. it's just so oddly out of character for him though like yeah uh, exactly. let me go around and murder a bunch of dinosaurs like that i don't that just never was i don't think he ever killed a dinosaur in that movie and so no no he was he was very worried about the kids but you know he wasn't out there to like just mowing dinosaurs down nobody in fact in this movie mows dinosaurs down right and, you know. and this isn't the only game that's guilty of that. There's a couple like platformers uh, that are Jurassic Park that do the same thing. Like, let's have uh, Dr. Grant have a lightning gun and he's going to blow things up. And I don't know. I I feel like uh, uh, a lot of the Jurassic Park 2 games that came like five years later uh, when Lost World came out, right. a lot of those were very, very guilty of that. But... <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, like you know, there was there was a lot of uh, emphasis on guns in Jurassic Park One games that were on Super Nintendo or Sega or Game Boy. You know, you're on like all the different systems that were available at the time, and and you know, none of them really like none of these Jurassic Park games really work in the the um, you know like the 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 spirit of the movie, I guess. Yeah. So you just kind of have to separate that, I guess, and just have fun shooting dinosaurs um but yeah i don't blame you for for kind of because they don't really show his face not that that would do any good um no but it, yeah it's just, <laughs> not it's at just, all <laughs> um audio um oh man yeah you really liked the audio why don't you talk a little bit about it yeah so so i mean as far as like the sound effects go like you know who really cares it's it's just generic game boy sound effects but Man, like I, man, the music is great, like like really great. Like I really like this music. Um, uh, it's funny because it it reminds me of like uh old um 
like Data East music or or like old um um I guess Data East would be the publisher of that music, but like old RoboCop music, which come to find out Ocean developed a lot of those RoboCop games. So mm. uh, I was I was a big fan of RoboCop 2 on the NES. Uh, I don't know if I was a big fan of it more than it was uh, a serviceable platformer, action platformer that I decided to spend a lot of time on because I had it as a kid, much like Gary said about this Ocean game. So forgive me, Gary, for giving you any kind of crap. But... Um, yeah, so so I I have experience playing, you know, loving an ocean game and loving the music from it and playing this I was like, wow, this really reminds me of of RoboCop 2 for the NES. There's a reason for that. So, um I uh, yeah, so I I'm I'm down with the music. It it's all like pretty good. Um I you know, not to say anything for like the, you know, the gunshot sounds or the yelling. I I mean, I don't know about how much more sound effects are in this game? I can't really remember. Yeah, uh, I just remember being like, "Yep, nope." This all this music is pretty good. All this music is good. Yeah, uh, definitely leaps and bounds better than Ghostbusters. Mm. Um, so, oh yeah, when you, oh yeah. When you compare the two, it's 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 on another level. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's sometimes yeah, which sucks because you know Hal definitely had a better in-house composer than. Yeah, I'm sure Ocean did. So, um, yeah, I really hope that Jun Ishikawa did had nothing to do with that Ghostbusters <laughs> game, <laughs> at least the Game Boy version of it. Yeah, um, I agree. All right, uh, closing thoughts. Anything else, Brian? Uh, final thoughts. Looking back on this, what do you, what do you think? Um. Yeah. Uh, when when I when I was uh like putting my thoughts down in this outline, uh, I had just got done playing the game, and I was like, just my my thoughts were like, man, this game sucks. Uh, but it, it it doesn't. I don't think it really sucks. Um, it yeah, like I I'm very sensitive to like old school games and and their sensibilities, but um. Yeah, I just I, I think this game misses the mark on certain things. It, it doesn't really tell you what it needs to. It it has a lot of exposition between levels and stuff like that. So you you think that like maybe they would they they they're trying to lead you in a certain way, but then they're also like not really giving you much help, and that kind of sucks. So, um, I you know, also the to its benefit, the the levels are kind of easy as long as you're careful. Yeah. You know, you can you can completely miss all of the dinosaurs. You can actually walk around most of them, um, but the boss fights, which I think only show up in the first two levels, and then maybe later in the game. But uh, yeah, they're completely like egregious, disgusting, awful, um, just futile, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's unfortunate they weren't done better, or like drop ammo or something to, or or just half as long, right? Sh- shorten them like up. that. Triceratops rampage was just it just went on forever, and if it had been like, you know, maybe a third shorter, like it it would have been bearable. But 
like I said, I barely made it through that. I barely made it through the T-Rex one. And if I had lost on either of those, I probably would have stopped the game. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's only through it's only through luck that I was able to make it as far as I got. Yeah. And to be able to talk about it. Fair enough. Um, uh, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. My final thoughts here. Uh, I think the confusing level objectives and, and things... Uh, maybe it would get better if you spent some time with it or once you realize what to do, uh, maybe a second playthrough would be more enjoyable. Um, the only other redeeming quality of this game, and I, I think I've mentioned this to you before, Brian, um, this compared to, say, a Tony Hawk port, at least you're getting pretty much the same experience you would get on the home console version. Fair. That's very fair. And so, like, little little... La- a little lad Gary uh, as a young chap was playing this game <laughs> say he had the NES version and and then his his parents no he didn't have the NES version well let's just say he did and he loved it and then he was like his parents were like hey we're, we're going to the pub uh, to get some fish and chips mate and he had to leave wow yeah um, <laughs> I went there <laughs> and I can say that because he's my friend um maybe and here's a flat cap and yeah, uh, would your, you like us a game to get you a game and then uh, let's get the uh, tuppence out um yeah and so yeah. He, he he grabs his game boy and he has this game and he can literally take that same experience relatively same experience uh, that's a fair fair point yeah and so i think that as far as that goes it's a good port uh they picked a good game that they were able to easily you know and uh, granted you know tony hawk was a n64 playstation game not a nes game so um, i mean i wasn't dogging you for it for that comparison right i actually think it's a really good comparison because uh like i said during our tony hawk episode uh i you know i I got Tony Hawk one for the Game Boy Color because of how much I was just jonesing to play Tony Hawk. Right. And that was a really, really bad version of it. Um also Tony Hawk is one of the you know, one of the great franchises of the late nineties, you know, early two thousands. One of the great franchises in video games, period. But say that you really, really liked Jurassic World or World. <laughs> whatever <laughs> Jurassic Park on the Jenny you know if you're in in the UK and you really liked your your uh, your Mega Drive version of Jurassic Park uh, and you had a Game Boy lying around and you wanted to take that with you that that's a more feasible version of that game totally uh, it's, it's a more faithful version of that game you know so that, that's cool yeah I don't know I just think Game Boy ports uh, were a lot more close to the originals back in the day, and so they probably yeah. were of higher co- caliber at that point. As as consoles uh, got better, the Game Boy got worse, unfortunately. So right, right, yeah. Um, as as the sixteen bit era dragged on, um, ports just you know maybe they just ports became less of a thing for the Game Boy because it became harder to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, also something worth chewing on. Uh, I've played a lot of different Jurassic Park games, uh, for different consoles back in the nineties and uh, a lot of them suck. So I haven't played them (laughs) recently to compare, but off the top of my my head, I can think of a couple that I would much rather not play 
I would rather yeah. I'd rather play this one than play those. So as far right. as Jurassic Park games go, you could do much worse, and people uh-huh. did do much worse. So it's really not that bad. But as far as like Game Boy games go, um, if you're a big fan of the series and you haven't played it, it might be worth checking out. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd give it like one thumb up, I guess. Yeah, um, I I might give it a half, but half a uh, thumb. Yeah, I'd say we're we're at uh, about one and a half out of two, or out of four. No, you know, no, between t- the two of us, well, you know, uh, we're, so, we're combining yeah. thumbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's time for this week's song of the week. And you have been listening to RoboCop for the Game Boy. This is the stage theme number three. If I'm yeah, level level, level three, three, I guess. Um. So yeah, RoboCop. Did I say two? Uh, yeah, um, RoboCop two. I, I, RoboCop two for the Game Boy. All right. I don't know if I mentioned um, the two. Like or I not. said early in the episode. Uh, yeah, I, I I picked this song because. The whole time I was playing Jurassic Park, I'm just like, man, I'm getting a, like a real strong RoboCop 2 NES feel from from this game. You know, this, this Data East game, which Data East has nothing to do with with uh, you know the RoboCop NES game or, or, or this this sorry sorry this uh, uh, Game Boy game that we've been playing. But apparently, Data East, you know didn't make the music it was an ocean game all along so uh when i when i looked into everything um so it makes total sense so i figured we'd we'd put it in here um i remember you asking me like so does does a lot of the you you clay asking me does a lot of this music uh does this song show up in the nes version and i i think it might um it just it sounds very much like the NES version, right? Like like the music in that game. So yeah, I like this. Uh, it's got like really aggressive drums, and then there's like a really low bass part that is kind of in with it, and then there's like these higher melody lines that are kind of like spooky at times, and then it gets like real yeah. serious, and it just yeah, it, the bass is almost like industrial. Yeah, like, it, it's kind of cool in that way. Yeah, it really fits uh, like the whole RoboCop vibe well. Even though I've like never seen the movies, but what I do know oh, about yeah. him, this is like it's a great like action sci-fi kind of thing. So I'm digging it. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. If, like I, uh, I think I told you if, if you've at least watched one, RoboCop one is 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 one heck of a movie. Okay. Um, two and three are kind of. It, it kind of went through that sort of thing that um, other movies like Ghostbusters went through, whereas like the first movie uh, was this phenomenon, and then they started to like tune it towards kids with like cartoons and be like, "Kids, don't you like RoboCop?" And well, yeah, but that first movie is rated 
are. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of a weird thing to pitch to kids. Um, but yeah, RoboCop One is 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 really great. Um, and I've never played, like I said, I've never played the the original RoboCop game. But RoboCop Two is is kind of a, a challenging platformer. Um, it's a little slidey. Um, which, you know, is never a good thing in a platformer unless you, that's like a main mechanic of, you know, you slide and, and, and do stuff with that. But it's, it's still kind of a a fun game. It's got little like, um, shooting gallery sections where you have to control the, the crosshairs with the, the, any, you know, the, the, the plus pad, the D pad, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird game, but it's still kind of fun. I, I, I like it. Nice. Um, I should we should look into the the Game Boy One just see like how close it is. Yeah, I'd be down to check that out at some point for sure. But but Ocean Games, man. Ocean you know, Games all all over this episode. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this episode. If you want. You can find more of our episodes on the NintendoVillage.com. Uh, we're also on the Nintendo Village YouTube as well. Uh, so check that out um, where you can see gameplay footage and our commercials that we show and all that stuff. Uh, we're also on iTunes. Uh, like, give us a rating, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Strictly Game Boy. For another non-timeline breaking episode of Strictly Game Boy. That's right, of course.